Welcome to Yes Mother, the podcast about the A&E show Bates Motel. Right now we are currently in season three. We just watched episode two, The Arcanum Club. I'm Em. And I'm Sue. episode two um a much more enjoyable episode to me i had a blast oh my gosh i'm so excited to talk about it i loved it so so much (laughs) yeah we've been holding back talking on facebook about it we keep like saying like a little something and we're like we gotta stop we gotta stop and save it (laughs) yep yep this was a good one yes it was the first episode was a warm-up getting us back into white pine bay and this episode just did everything I wanted it to (laughs) and more I know me too (laughs) (laughs) yep so how you been should we get into feedback nothing too interesting going on yeah it's only been a week nothing to report (laughs) no not really um I came up with some more names for for the bed and breakfast rooms. I'll just tell you now. Okay. (laughs) So, so last week I came up with the Mr. Sandman dream lover room and maybe this time room. Uh So yesterday I came up with little teapot room. (laughs) Have you been doing a rewatch? No, it just hit me. Suddenly I just started remembering Norma singing that little click she did with her tongue and dance. (laughs) So like, I want to watch that again. Um. Yes, it was fun watching it again. Ooh, that room could be like decorated like an English tea room. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) There's always like some biscuits for him or scones. (laughs) Um, And then I have the Pistol River Pocket Gopher room. And then I named one of them the Chill Your Own Ass Room. (laughs) What's in there? I don't know. It's just a nice, comfy room. Like, I don't know, maybe some hookahs or something. (laughs) Because I was thinking, I was like, if I went to a and b and had a choice of rooms and one of them is called the chill your own ass room, I'd be like, that's the one I want. That sounds <laughs> nice and relaxing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so, so I've got half the rooms named. I've got awesome. six more to go. <laughs> <laughs> the Pistol River Pocket Gopher one sounds for a... Uh... We'll let Norman be in charge yes. of decorating now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's the one room he gets. <laughs> Go crazy. <laughs> in, in that room. That's more 
aimed at the uh, ones coming into town during hunting season. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the trophy room. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. And, uh, more. There's going to be more than one house plants. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some murals on the wall. Maybe. <laughs> Marcy. <laughs> Marcy. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's get into the feedback. Um, okay. Do you want me to start with Becca's? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Becca says, hey, Em and Sue, I would love to check into the motel if you would be kind enough to let me. I'm not sure I want to try my luck with room number four, though. That's okay, Becca, because I think we have someone that might be interested in room four. Yep. So, Becca, I put you in room number eight. So, Carrie is next door to you, and Catalyst is on the other side. Um, she says a couple thoughts on the latest episode Norma is the greatest I loved everything about her in this episode her freak out on the sign was glorious and she was so cute with Romero (laughs) so much to say about her and Romero (laughs) I would not want to be stuck alone in the woods with Caleb and Chick just saying (laughs) nope I know we've seen Norman hook up with girls before, but it was really weird seeing him and Emma be physical. The hand-holding scene was especially awkward for me, which I'm sure was the point. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they making those two so awkward? They're obviously really trying to make them awkward, right? Yeah. I, to me, I don't know. I... To me, there is just no romance chemistry between those two to me. It's, There's not. They're, and they're they make kind really of, good friends, but this... this... There kind of used to be. It was okay. It's like they're really trying hard. Like, I don't think the... it's. I don't think it's one of those cases where everyone's, like, wanted... You know, whether this has been the case or not. Whether everybody's wanted a couple to get together in a show for a long time, and then they do, and it's like, eh... This isn't as good as I thought it'd be. It's like they're trying really hard to make it awkward. Yeah. For some reason. They've got, a, they've got a reason. They've got a reason because they are. It's They're obviously making it awkward. And I guess we'll see why. Because yeah. I really don't have much of a theory on it at this point. I don't either. I'm stumped and agog. <laughs> <laughs> it is nuts. Unless the point is just showing that Norman just... He just doesn't have it in him to be in a relationship. so Especially right now. And I think before the switch at the end of last season, I think he was okay with it. But I think now there's just yeah something, something's wrong with Norman. I have <laughs> we a need little, to talk about Norman. <laughs> yes, I, I have a little bit of a theory on it, which we'll talk about when we get to the scene that I was like, hmm, okay. Good. Um. She says, I have a theory about the show. Assuming the body at the end was Annika, Romero will most likely turn his attention to Norman. If Norman truly believes now that Norma killed Miss Watson, what if he starts thinking that Norma killed Annika? 
and mm-hmm. there was a line in one of the promos that leads me to believe it's going to be a he said, she said situation about who's crazy. Norman was already questioning her state of mind at the end of the episode. It would be interesting to see Norma try to prove her innocence while still trying to protect Norman. Just a thought. Hmm, that is very interesting. That I, is interesting. I and if Norman thinks Norma Norman thinking Norma killed her would definitely be um in line with the movie and right the end of last season. Uh Interesting about the he said, she said, as in Romero now has to try and decide who's crazy. Like they're going to be calling the other crazy to Romero and he's going to have to decide. Is that what she means? I think so. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think or, he's going to side with Norma. <laughs> or, you know, between Romero and them and then I think between the two of them. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, interesting. interesting. Yeah. Well, thanks, Becca. Good thanks, to hear Becca. from you again, and you are checked in. Got some towels all ready for you. And a peephole. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you never know who's on the other side. You have Carrie on one side. She's a little questionable. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, Love you, Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the one on the other side may or may not be around. We haven't seen her for a while, so we've been sneaking around, (laughs) breaking into her room and looking through her lingerie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Catalyst, we found some interesting things in your room. (laughs) A little worried about you. What line of work are you in? (laughs) Just kidding. All right. You want to read Anna's? Yeah, we've got a new listener, a new comment card um, from Anna. She says, hi, ladies. My name is Anna, and I just recently discovered your podcast. I'm so glad I did. I love hearing other people talk about the show. It's the next best thing to being able to talk about it with someone. We That's exactly why we've listened to podcasts and why we started one. Yep. <laughs> Um, and since my mom is way too scared to even come in the room when I'm watching your podcast, it's a perfect fix. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a real scary show. <laughs> Some people just can't handle any kind of scary, Yeah, you know? That's true. We know some of those people. Okay. Said, I spent the entire weekend catching up on the podcast and laughing like a psycho, pun intended, alone in my room because you guys are hilarious. Oh, thanks. Oh. <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> I'm glad someone besides ourselves think we're funny. (laughs) (laughs) We crack each other up. (laughs) Um, I just thought I'd send you my thoughts on the episode, if there's still room in the motel, of course. There is indeed. There is. First of all, I am so not feeling Nema. Not alone. I miss the cupcake couple. (laughs) That date was incredibly awkward, and that weirdly sexual sigh from Norman at the thought of having sex with Emma gave me chills not in the good way. Oh, Oh, man, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it made me really, really uncomfortable. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah. It felt like he was trying to control himself in more ways than one, and we all know what happens when Norman gets sexually attracted to someone. 
this is exactly why I don't want Norman and Emma together in the first place. It's not safe for her. Secondly, Norma's hissy fits are truly my favorite part of the show. When she was tearing apart that construction site, I was in tears laughing. At one point, she was wielding a piece of that construction barrier like a sword, and I almost fell out of my chair. The fact that all this happened while she was wearing a ball gown made the whole thing a thousand times better. I love that woman. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I. it was awesome, the construction site tearing apart thing, but there was also a sadness to it. Oh, yeah. That dampened my mood about it. On the other hand, her peeking into the window <laughs> <laughs> and getting caught by Romero oh, man. was the, amazing. The Norma capers were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> also, Vera replied to a fan on Twitter who asked if Norma would be singing again on the show with some crazy little sparrow quote that I can only assume means yes. In which case, I'm so beyond excited. Yeah, she's like, the little sparrow will warble again. Or something. Oh. <laughs> it was cute. Um, sorry if that was super long. It was not. Thank you for bearing with my ramblings. And if room four is still open, I would love a standing reservation. Although someone will have to let Norman know so he can stop screwing with the window in there. <laughs> I love your podcast, Dunn. Thanks for being awesome. <laughs> So happens that there's a availability in that room. Yep, I have checked you into room number four, Anna, and we made sure that the window blind is working, the window shade. <laughs> yes, and we're just thrilled after three seasons we finally have a brave soul. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what the scary things go on in there. Yep, and you are, let's see, so you've got Alec on one side and Kim on the other. Um you might be alone for a while. I don't know. I think Alex is around. Alec. Oh, I did it again. It's been a while. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Alec is around. We'll hear from him. I, I think I be. see him seeing some posts or liking some posts on Facebook. He's a silent listener. Yep. He's a lurker. He his room. Fine. He's a lurker. I, I do that with a lot of podcasts myself. Oh. <laughs> Although, careful of that, people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but thanks, Anna, and welcome to the motel. Um, our next feedback is from Catherine, who is our sister. Yep. This is Kat. Yep. Yeah, we call her Kat. Um, this was such a great Norma episode. Her look of complete terror when she was told by Emma that Norman was with Annika the night before. Yeah. Uh, mm. Her and Romero's awkward kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Her admitting that she doesn't know how much longer she'll be able to handle Norman. And please, climbing a tree and a perimeter wall in a formal. That scene of her skulking around the yard at the party was just hilarious. <laughs> and then beating that sign. Loved this episode so much. I love the introduction of Tick. Can't wait to see where he, where that goes. So glad to have you back, Em and Sue. Oh, and the show too. So, like, what was up with that guy checking out? Check it out of the motel in the first scene. Has he ever been to a motel? Ever seen a motel bill? <laughs> My word. Emma had to point out every little thing and assure him everything was kosher. He looked like a man of the world, but what the bip. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he has a suit on doesn't mean he's not going to question every detail of his bill. <laughs> yep. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, he was annoying. 
And he kept, <laughs> he's just in the background looking at his bill so close. I know. <laughs> I can't imagine a, a, a hotel like the Bates is going to have like a million little charges. I know. There's not like a mini bar. There's not like <laughs> <laughs> that you might accidentally move something because those, a lot of them will automatically bill it if, if anything's removed, you know. Right. Um. There's not, I don't think they have like the... The movies that you can rent, you know, there's yeah, no room maybe, but... <laughs> there's, you know. So it couldn't have been too itemized. <laughs> <laughs> just nice little details. Yep. I know. And I just love how Emma and Norma are just having this conversation about a missing guest right in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't look like the hiking sort. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Kat. You got a room. I told you that feedback, I told you that siblings don't get a free ride, so. That's right. <laughs> do you think she wants, Well, do we have one more room? We have one more room. So, Kat, I put you in room number 10. But if you would like to get a room in the B&B instead, just let me know and let me know which room you want. So, I'll move you. Yep. But Thanks, if Kat. Kat stays in room number 10, then the Bates Motel right now is full. No vacancy. 12 cabins. 12 full cabins. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to... Very eloquent. Thank you. <laughs> it's like 9.30 in the morning. I'm good. <laughs> see where I was trying to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was nothing. There was no equivalent to 12 cabins, 12 vacancies. There really wasn't. <laughs> I was with you all the time. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad it was you. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Um, I'll read Harold's then. My comment card. This episode was so much better than last week's. Much, much better. I even like the drug stuff. Chick is already a big improvement over Zane. Oh, amen. Oh, man. We do have a new Zane, though, and his name is Caleb. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this episode had so much great stuff, like Norma wanting to check in on Annika's bathroom window shade. <laughs> 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 when she goes down to Norm and she's like, and to make sure her window shade is working. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best. Um, the scary thing Norman was doing with his eyes when he was waiting in the car. Um, the awkward Norma Romero goodbye hug, the Norma Bates socialite trespasser adventure, <laughs> and the Lee Berman memorial bypass. Couldn't they have just done a podcast instead? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Harold? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the Lee Berman memorial bypass memorial 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 podcast. <laughs> Because that's gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or at least the sign is. 
Yeah, so this is the Lee Berman Memorial Bypass Sign Memorial Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, It was one great scene after another. For me, the big moment in this episode was when Norma confided to Romero that she was worried about her missing guest because she had been last seen with Norman. For sure. Yeah. It seems as if Norma has taken some of Dylan's advice from the season two finale at heart. Oh my gosh, I'll talk about it later, but I was floored. Same. When she did that. Um, Like us, Emma is also wondering why Norman is now interested in dating her. It seems as if they are setting something up to happen when she tries to get intimate with Norman. Yep. Uh, Yep. Um, Once again, my DVR stopped recording before the credits. The last thing I saw was the pen revealing a floating body. I'm thinking your DVR is about one second off. Yeah, because that's the last. There was nothing after that. It was the very last shot was her floating in the water for just a few seconds. So we'll keep letting you know, but you keep just not quite missing stuff. And just as a... This may be unsolicited advice, <laughs> but on my DVR, when you set the recordings, and if you go back to look at the set recordings, you can wiggle it to be like, record one minute longer, or five minutes longer, or whatever you want. You can adjust it on mine. You might want to look into that, if this is bothering you. Um... Okay, I think it is a pretty good assumption that that was Annika floating in the water, so it looked like I was wrong about her still being alive, yet I am still convinced that Norman, still not convinced that Norman is responsible for her death. Then again, I kept thinking someone else killed Miss Watson, so my track record isn't so good. (laughs) Well, according to uh, Carrie, you might still be alright with that. Um, My prediction is that the culprit was someone from the Arcanum Club. Is that right? Arcanum. Arcanum Club. I'm thinking Ted Chow from Mad Men. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you, Harold. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm kind of there, too. I'm not convinced, but it it would definitely make things more interesting than just having another Norman Kilder. I think so, too. I think the writing on this is a little bit smarter than that. I don't... Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, I don't know when, when is the appropriate time to talk about it, but maybe now. I, I'm i sticking with, I think it's someone from the Arcanum Club, too, because I just don't think they would have Norman do it. That's just too easy for us. Um, I think Emma's going to be his kill this season. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And his first stuffed body <laughs> that's not a goat or that's pretty sophisticated. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm kind of going there too. Um, well, thanks, Harold. Yep. The rest of his feedback is for Angel. So we'll, yeah, we'll cover that with a little bit later. All right. So our next one is from Iggy. And she says, sorry if I got this in too late. I also posted on Facebook. 
I was a leprechaun last night while driving around L.A. giving people rides to have some green beer. Happy St. Patty's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, Iggy. Are you like an Uber driver or something? Um, (laughs) Or just friends, maybe? Um, You're not too late. You got it in in time. We got it. Mm -hmm. Uh, She says, season three, episode two, comment card. I was able to watch the show. Tied to my tablet. Oh, or T.Y., thank you, maybe, to my tablet. I was like, who's Ty? <laughs> I was wondering that, too. We're the worst. <laughs> All right, people, we can't, don't expect us to know <laughs> what abbreviations mean. <laughs> we'll do yep. our best. We'll continue to do our best, but we botch more than we don't. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> I'm like, Ty to my tablet, is that... Is that some saying? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, my first question. Why was Romero at the swingers party? I know he said he wasn't there to partake in the orgy, but he has been there before, so maybe he knows who Annika is. She must be popular to get an invitation. Two, the scene where Norma and Romero say goodbye. Wow, that heat between them was pretty hot. I agree with Sue or Emily that they are a hot package. I think Emily's more on board with the Normaro. Yeah. Yeah. Probably if someone said something like that, it would have been me. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Norma saying how she felt safe was very sweet. I like how they introduce us to the possibility of them hooking up. I am more okay with it now than before. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it because it's just inevitable. So why fight it? (laughs) Why be mad about it? (laughs) I'm pretty on board, <laughs> but I again I like our theory that he's going to be the poisoned boyfriend boyfriend along with Norma. Yep. yep. Oh, that's just going to be yep. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if that's if that's where it's going, I'm on board. <laughs> I'm so on board with that. <laughs> much as I love them so much, and it'll be so awful. It'll be so awesome. <laughs> it'll be awesomely awful. Um, she says they have been through so much together as it is uh, Norman is or three Norman is making Norma go crazier ever I like how he tells her to calm down I think we see her unravel and admit for once that she can't handle it alone with his condition it's worse for her since he will jump over since she will jump over walls and sneak into an orgy to find answers I love how she is so focused on getting what she wants Number four, Norma running over the bypass sign. Ha ha ha. Hashtag she cray. <laughs> Five, do you think Norman killed Annika? Uh, nope, I don't. Yeah, we've expected, we've talked uh, about that. We're... And just for the good of the show, no, we don't. Right. And last but not least, it's been quiet at the B&B and I need new towels. Hashtag it's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh towels for all today. I've been doing a lot of laundry. <laughs> Your resident B&B guest, Iggy. Thanks, Iggy. Yeah, not only are they hinting on the show that they're going to get together, um, Nestor Carbonell has been very busy on Twitter hinting that they're getting together and that he is very attracted to her. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, folks, if you don't like it. Although I haven't heard anyone really against it. Right in. It's happening. I'm just yep. positive and <laughs> according to that hug kiss thing, 
I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. It was. <laughs> okay. Um, our last feedback is from Mike, who um, just joined us yesterday on Facebook. And, um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Anyway, we've been talking to him a little bit. He says, hey, guys, as I said on Facebook, we have a horror podcast, a body count podcast, and discuss the first two seasons of Bates Motel on our last episode. Our next show recording tonight will focus on all of the psycho films and the start of season three. Sue and I will be checking that out. Um, We're a little worried. We haven't seen Psycho 4 yet, so I'll probably turn the podcast off once you start talking about that. Same. Yep. (laughs) Because we're going to have to podcast about it, and I don't want to be pre-spoiled. Okay. I had eye surgery a week ago, and I've had a lot of time to listen to podcasts. I was glad to find yours, and I think it's great. On our show, we, again, focus mainly on horror, with the occasional Friday Night Lights analysis that we can't seem to avoid. (laughs) (laughs) We've discussed that show once or twice. (laughs) Um, Our interests lie in discovering how Norman Bates becomes the character we know in Psycho. Therefore, the whole marijuana storyline seems a bit too TV drama to us, particularly now that it's legal in so many areas. But the Norma Norman stuff is very good, and we both love the characters of Dylan and Romero. Overall, I enjoy your insights and passions as fans of the show. Um, yeah, the marijuana storyline has never been my favorite. But... No, but it it gives Dylan's character something to do and 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 a plot, which he needs, you know. Right. We love Dylan. We love Dylan, and he needs something. And I just think they picked marijuana just to kind of, I think it makes Romero's character more interesting. And I think we're going to learn more about that and his role. Um, I don't know. They had to do something, so why not this? And, I mean, yeah, it is legal in a lot of states now, but people can't just grow as much marijuana as they want. It's still regulated. Right. And the marijuana they were growing, I'm sure was going to, uh, not medical purposes. Right. Right. (laughs) But like even in Colorado where it's legal, you can grow a couple of plants from what I understand on your own, but you can't just have a whole field of it. And, people buy it at at stores, you know, so right. What they're doing, you know, it's definitely what they're doing is definitely illegal, illegal even if marijuana is legal in that state. Right. So here's why I like it with Dylan. It gives him something to be really good at. When you think right. back on Dylan's introduction to the show, he had been fired he didn't have anywhere to stay he had to go the only choice he had was to go live with his mom that hates him yep so he came on the show as you know someone that you could you know easily not respect and think of as a loser yet he 
turned it around so quickly by being really good at this, what he's doing. And he's still ethically, you know, he's... He's a really smart he's guy. He's pretty morally grounded. He is, he is. And it made him good at it. It made him rich to where he has some credentials to where Norma, you know, he had an office. Remember how, how impressed he was? <laughs> he had an office. It gave him some credit with her and some respect and all of us too. So instead of having this, you know, loser guy that can't hold a job or whatever and just kind of turned into something that he kind of threatened to turn into last season because of all the Caleb stuff. Um, he's actually very respectable. Right. And, and that's good for his character and good for what he, what I feel his character is kind of on the show for. Right. Plus it just makes sense that a guy like Dylan would get involved in something that's a little questionable. You know, not on the up and up. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad they picked marijuana because it could have been like meth, which that's just terrible. Or mm -hmm. it could have been, they could have like taken the whole sex trade. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, they kind of, I mean, to me, they kind of had to pick something that's kind of illegal. Yeah, and for all of the illegal drugs and sex trafficking, marijuana, marijuana is a good, a good one. one, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know, because if he was involved in, if it was like meth dealing, I wouldn't like Dylan because anyone involved in that is just a bad person to me, you know, because yeah. people know what that does to people. Marijuana doesn't do to people what meth does, you know. Right. So. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> so to me, they had to pick something illegal. And I think marijuana was a smart choice. It was a smart choice. Um, and it's been more interesting. The first season, I was pretty yawning through it, for the most right. part. It wasn't ever, it's, you know, everyone that's been listening to our podcast knows it's never been my favorite. But I appreciate it for what it is. It's just sitting through the scene sometimes, I'm like, meh. <laughs> right, right. No, I agree. They're, they're not the best, but I think it's necessary. Yeah. So. Anyway. anyway. Okay. So those are our thoughts. <laughs> Back to Mike's thing. One bit of feedback I wanted to add following your last pod episode is that I personally do not trust anything Norma says or does. There's so often an underlying motive that we know about. So when we're left to question her true intentions, I just assume they are always self-serving. Therefore, I'm not so quick to give her a pass when it comes to her family's her past family experience and the anxiety attack breakdown you mentioned her having in the hotel parking lot. For example, could have been inspired by guilt just as easily as some past pain. It's a good, That's a good point. point. And I, think, yeah. I am the one that feels like there's a window open to possibly question what she's saying. You know, I'm kind of on board right. here. Right. Um, but the more I get to know Norma, the more I really feel deep down she has good things at heart if that makes sense yeah you know episode one season one i was like oh my gosh she's so manipulative she's awful she's the worst right <laughs> but i've just gotten to know her and i i really truly 
I don't know everything and I you know I easily believe that she is self-serving and everything and that there's underlying motives but the more I get to know her maybe I'm being duped but the more I feel like she really has love and best interests at heart but yeah I still I I'm glad someone else is on board with the thought that there could be more to it although in the same vein <laughs> in episode two Caleb sure didn't present himself as being anything I respect or have Mm-mm. any nice feelings for at all he just like I said while reading Harold's he's the new Zane yep I loved the way Chick talked to him oh, it was so amazing talking to him but talking to always Dylan like is saying like Dylan Chick, you know Chick had his numbers so fast <laughs> I've got some theories about that and I think he had uh, Dylan's number fast too he knows he's mm-hmm. good you know mm-hmm. reasonable yep and I'll be excited to hear your theories yes okay um, oh, he goes on. We can't always tell what is going on in Norman's head. But when it comes to Norma, despite the fact that the actress is very good at drawing our sympathy, we know she can never be trusted. Maybe she means well at times, but those instances seem to be very well. Rare. Mm, I don't know. I think she does mean well. I think she does, too. We'll see who's right, I guess. <laughs> I think she really has good intentions but she is just such a a messed up person on her own. She she really shouldn't be raising children. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> nope, probably you know, not. I just I don't know. With a past like hers, man. She should have had many years of therapy perhaps instead yeah, of children. Exactly. <laughs> Here's one thing I'll say. Mike, they seem to, you know, Here's what I'm thinking, is that they're so interested in the path that Norma and Norman take to get to the Psycho movie. Uh-huh. And when you rewatch the Psycho movie, Norma doesn't seem like the Norma we know and right. love. She's shrill and a shrew, and there's whispers of it. Oh, yeah. You know. There's whispers of the disapproval, but we know where the disapproval's coming from because she's terrified because Norman is actually killing people. Um, so if they're just thinking of the mom that Norman has created in his head that he killed and now talks for, then I can see I would be a little more mistrustful of the Norman base we know in the show. But one thing, they've said that they're not really using the show as a total, it's not totally canon, right? right? They're not, their end game is not exactly perfectly going to fit cycle right. 1964. I think it's going to be close, but. It is going to be close, but I don't know. I think things have evolved maybe a little bit with even Vera Farmiga and her acting and what she's been able to do with the role, I would guess that she has had some influence on where it's going. Mm-hmm. Maybe from their original concept. Right, right. Who knows? 
Well, isn't she the one that came up with the idea that Dylan is her brother's son? Yeah, I think she did. So, I don't know. We'll see. But I think it's good to think of the two separately, the show and the movie. Don't concentrate too hard on Bates Motel ending with Norman Bates' psycho character. Close, you know. Yeah, and I'd be surprised if they change, like, the poisoning with the boyfriend. Although, wasn't it when they bought the hotel in the movie that he snapped? Yes. So that's already different. Right. But I'd be surprised if they switch it from uh, Norma dying with her boyfriend. I think, from yeah, poisoned I by think they're going to keep stuff like that. I don't know. Out of jealousy. Yeah. Anyway, um, my iPad freaked out. And I had to restart it. So did I finish? <laughs> um, pretty much. He just says, we'll be having fun with some of the Psycho sequels tonight. And I'll be sure to mention your podcast on our show. Thank you. We really appreciate that. Um, he says, meanwhile, I look forward to your next episode. Thanks, Mike. Well, Mike, I would say that setting in feedback plus joining our Facebook group gets you a room. Yep. Um, you know what? Maybe I'll put Mike in room number 10 and switch Cat over to the B&B. I think Cat's more of a B&B person. <laughs> That's probably where Matt's going if he ever, uh... Yeah. And she seemed, she was kind of demanding on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and the B&B is a little more, um, <laughs> accommodating. Yep. So Cat, I'm going to put you in the little teapot room. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a different one, let me know. So, all right. And then, Mike, you're in room number 10 at the motel. So, okay. Mike, if you also want to be a B&B. Sure, room, let me know. We'll love to switch, yep. yeah. We will switch. So, yeah, like if you want the Pistol River pocket gopher room. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for the feedback, everyone. Some good stuff there. Yeah. yeah, thanks for all your insights and your um, views, either with us or opposing. It's all fun. Totally. Is your iPad up and back? No. <laughs> can start doing the recap then, and we, you can just pick up when that starts. Back up. You want to do that? Um, I just saw my iPad scream to life. Okay, good. That's back. <laughs> I start. Okay. Well, we're going to get into the recap proper. Um, so the episode starts. We open up with Norma bringing towels to room four. She knocks on the door and says she has towels and also wants to check the window shade in the bathroom. There no answer. Norma peeks through the window and sees the bed is still made. She goes back to the office and asks Emma, who is checking someone in, if she has seen the girl in room four, and Emma says she hasn't. And I'm at checking someone out. Um... Oh, yeah. The Wi-Fi bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was funny. Norma and Emma having the conversation just right in front of the guest checking out. <laughs> that cracked yeah. me up. And it... and here we have, you know, everyone seeing that she's not back. Right. The bed's still made. And Norma just goes straight into alarm mode, which... I guess he would. I don't know. 
It's really none of her. Even though, you know, at this point she doesn't know that Norman rode in the car with her last night. Right. She knows he was peeking at her. <laughs> True. That's right. Yeah. I think Norma is just on edge. I, Absolutely. you know, I think every little thing and I just, I think, cause Kat had said something on Facebook, how she's not a big fan of um, Norma's hair this season so far. And I'm not either. It, she just doesn't seem as put together as she has in the past couple seasons. No, no, she doesn't. I think, I think that's a choice they're making. <clears throat> I think they're like showing us in a subtle way that that Norma's just been, it's been a tough summer after the whole lie detector test and just keeping how worried would you be if your son was like this, you know? Yeah, and I don't think that there's been more than a I think tops it's been a month, a month maybe since, two, you know. Yeah, since the uh lie detector right because we know that happened during the summer and then the first episode was his first day of school so it hasn't been long and i think it's just i think she's just on edge and i think it shows in what she's wearing and her hair right oh you know later romero said he'd been there for three months so that gives us a clue (laughs) right right and he had been there yeah so all right. So then Norma goes down to the fruit cellar and Norman is working on a baby goat. She's going to be so beautiful, he says. <laughs> he tells Norma he found her in the trash at an ar- and she's like, Don't tell me she was in our freezer <laughs> And he says that he's gonna need a freezer a big freezer down there and she's like, Fine And I'm like, You're gonna end up in that freezer <laughs> I know, she's so gonna be in that freezer. <laughs> Those Emma and Romero. <laughs> Better be big because those two are going to be in there He requested together. a big one. Um, <laughs> Norma asks if he has seen the girl in room four that day, and he says no. She asks if he had seen her last night, and he says no. He tells her not to worry about her. He is sure she is fine. And then we have the opening credits. I just find it interesting that Norman seems just calm about... Well, let's look at it from the view... Okay, here's my whole problem with Norman being the one that killed her. So he goes into a trance and we're all assuming that when he does at this point, it's he's now his mother right. trying to protect her from these evil women. Right. So he must kill them. So in the okay, in the movie, we're going to go back to the movie, he, he wakes up and sees what his mother did and cleans it up for right. her. And he knows that his mother killed her and so he's got that secret in this instance he would have had to stayed mother to dump the body right the first time he did it with miss watson he just left her where he killed her. right um so i have a problem with norman dumping the body i feel like if it was norman he would have left her where she was no, no, no. You know yeah, I, mean? I, I know exactly what you mean, and that's exactly how I feel too. I, because he's not that accomplished yet as a killer. No, but I also here's another problem I have though. If it was from someone from the club, it seemed like a really amateurish thing to do, just to dump her right in plain sight over in that pond area, the lake. 
Yeah, but we don't know these guys yet. Maybe they've got some stupid lackeys that do that and they're just dumb, you know? I don't know. I just find it interesting she'd turn up so quickly if it was... Um... <clears throat> if it's even her. <laughs> I, I think it's her, her too, but... I don't know. It's... Anyway, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Norman just seems a little too calm about the whole thing for it to be him that did it. Even if it was him as Norma doing it, there would still be some sort of, I don't know. Well, it it would work if he stayed mother. Well, here's the thing, though. If he stayed mother driving the car home and woke up later, he'd be a little worried about how he got home. And he seems he seems to know that he... Well, he told her the story that she told him to just drive his car right. home, her car home, which he doesn't have a license, which is odd. Are, are we all forgetting that, <laughs> that he's not allowed to have one because he's had. Right, because in the, the one episode last season, he goes, he even gets in the car to take the driving test. And then Norma is like, wait a second, <laughs> you know, yeah. if he's blacked out, you know, the guy's like, he can't have a license, you know, for two years without blackouts. Right. Um, so I don't know, Norma probably, maybe she just let that one pass. <laughs> right, right. He obviously is still walking places. You know, he was going to walk to get his thermostat, so mm-hmm. we haven't totally dropped the ball there. But anyway, there's problems there, so I really think he's telling the truth, and that's why he's calling. I about think so, it. too. Yep. I think he's innocent in this, and he's like, don't worry about it. She's, you know, I'm sure she's fine. Plus, he knows right now Norma doesn't know that she's a call girl. And I don't know. I mean, to me. A call girl being out all night. It's no, no big deal. <laughs> probably pretty par for Exactly. Sport. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, okay. So then we see Dylan pull up to his cabin and Caleb and Gunner are laying out where the pot field will be. And we meet Gunner's dog, Rex. Caleb thanks Dylan for letting him stay, and Dylan doesn't say anything. So. (laughs) Did they have, like, a conversation we missed, I guess, where he's like, fine, you can stay? I don't think so, because Dylan just kind of looks at him like, I'm letting you stay? You know, I don't know. (laughs) Cupcake boy really seems on board with this. (laughs) So I guess you are. (laughs) Yep. I don't think Dylan thinks of Gunner as Cupcake Boy. Probably not. (laughs) I don't think Gunner's even been given the green light to stay. (laughs) I don't think so either. I think this is all just happening, like... It's just happening to to Dylan. Dylan So far, he's had no say. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Next, we have Norma pulling up to the motel and... She takes some groceries out of the trunk. She goes to the office and asks Emma if she has seen the girl in room four yet, and Emma hasn't. Emma tells Norma the last time she saw her was last night when Norman drove her into town. Uh, Norma seems pretty upset to hear this and just stands there a while staring at the Porsche. Emma asks if she is okay, and she says yes and goes to the house. And she's got ice cream. <laughs> her ice cream's going to melt. <laughs> <laughs> She yells for Norman and asks him why he lied to her about seeing the girl the night before. You know, interesting, in the previews, her saying, Norman, don't, um, what does she say exactly? 
don't screw with me was a lot more heated than the one they chose for the show. Did you notice that? Uh-uh. She obviously did it a few times, and in one instance that they showed in the trailer, she just loses it, Norman, don't um, don't screw with me. But in this one, it was a little more moderate. Huh, interesting. Um, anyway. Um... He says he had to go to town anyway to pick up the thermostat, and she was going to a bar to meet a friend, and he drove her car home because she was going to be drinking. He says he didn't tell Norma because she doesn't like him driving without a license. Norma says he needs to quit getting in cars with questionable women. He says questionable. Norma says slutty, oversexed. I love the way she, like, waves her hand over her like pelvis. Oversexed. <laughs> that was the best <laughs> hand movement ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Slutty. <laughs> oh, man. He says she is being ridiculous. She points out that he got in a car with Blair Watson, and look what happened. She says, I don't know why, but unhinged women seem drawn to you. He says she wasn't unhinged, she was nice, and maybe a little trouble, but that's all. He tells Norma that she was a call girl who came to town to work at a party with rich men. Norma asks why she would have told him that, and Norman says, Let's go, I'll show you where the bar is. We all wonder, too, why she was so open with Norman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Norman just changes the subject. Like, let's, I don't think he wanted to tell Norma that he had been in her room changing the light bulbs. Yeah. You know? And my note says, Norma, you are a pretty unhinged woman, and you're really drawn to him. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> and maybe that's why he's unhinged. He's drawn to unhinged women. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I don't know if Annika, I don't know. I think Norma is, like, leaping to conclusions. <laughs> I don't know. Annika didn't seem that unhinged to me. No. You know, she seems to know it. No, definitely you know, not. She seems to know what she's doing. I mean, it's a it's a choice that she made. Oh, you know. Yeah. She, she seemed to have it all worked out and together. Yep. <laughs> so next we see Norma and Norman pull up to the bar. Norma asks him why he said was. And he's like, what do you mean? And she says, she was a nice woman and a little troubled. He says, stop it, mother. Norma goes into the bar to talk to the employees. Norman stays behind in the car and stares at what is going on in the restaurant. Norma. <laughs> <laughs> she's just, I would have liked to have heard that conversation. I know, because if you watch her, she's like flapping her hands like, oh, like yeah. she's getting really upset with them. <laughs> she's really upset with that guy. What did they do? <laughs> <laughs> Just because they didn't see her. It's not their fault. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Norma comes back and tells Norman that no one remembers her. Norma says, I don't know how long I can keep doing this, Norman. And he says, doing what? And she says, nothing. Let's go home. So what is going on with Norman's stare? Is there, are we reading too much into it? Was he just watching? I don't know. I don't know. They were either just working with lighting and making him look creepy it seems a lot of people think it wasn't Norman watching Norma but that doesn't work with my theory <laughs> that I don't know that just doesn't work for me that 
like the Norma side would take over and watch Norma being like, is she going to find out what I did? Right. Exactly. I don't, I don't think he's switching back and forth that easily. Nope. I think it was a uh, smoke and mirror. I think it kind of was too. I think he was like a little troubled cause she was <laughs> flying off Well, and he knows she's upset and he's worried about her. As he says, you know, if we take him at face value, he's just, he's getting worried about her. Well, and I'm also wondering if this is a different bar than Norman actually took her to, because this seemed like to be on a main road. And didn't Emma and Norman both say that the one she was going to was a little off the beaten path? Yes, a little. And they all actually said the name. I wonder if we went back. It was the, see the, the name. olive pit or something. The olive something. Olive. It was. It had two things, like olive and some nautical reference, like anchor. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering if. I'm wondering if when Annika and Norman got in the car, Annika's like, "I really need you to take me to this Arcanum Club instead." I. And so I'm wondering yeah, if the weird look on Norman's face was he knows that he has taken Norma to a place that he didn't drop Annika off. And he's just like curious to see what goes on <laughs> to watch his <laughs> mom. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's something I didn't even think of. And it'd be interesting if. Because he knows how Norma is. <laughs> so he was probably like, what, right. what's going to happen? What's she going to do to these guys? You know, I don't think I better <laughs> take her to the actual place she went to. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, so I, I don't know. I kind of have a feeling that he took her to a place that he didn't drop her off and is just curious to see what happens. <laughs> oh, very interesting theory. And I'm going to go back and see if I can see if there's a name on the bar. Yeah, I'm almost positive it had the word olive in it. So. It didn't sound like it was a bar. It sounded like it was a restaurant in the first episode, didn't it? Yeah, but this looked like a, a restaurant, too. Kind of. I mean, I don't know. It's such a quick shot. Okay. Next, it's night at Dylan's cabin. Caleb and Gunner are around a fire, and Dylan says he's heading home. Caleb tries to get him to stay for a beer, and a stray dog comes out of the woods. Gunner's dog runs to him, and they start to fight, and Caleb shoots the stray dog and then says he's going to bed. Yeah. What the bip, Caleb? <laughs> uh, what the bip? As I said on Twitter, a spray bottle works too. <laughs> or just throwing stuff at the dogs. That helps. That works. Right. You know, just start throwing rocks at them. It gets them apart. You don't shoot. You don't shoot a dog. <laughs> For, I mean, maybe if he was attacking your child. <laughs> sure, sure. You know. But another dog fight? Jeez. Yeah, it just see, And it was just weird. So Caleb is... You know, Dylan's like, I'm going home. I've got stuff to do. And Caleb's like, no, stay for a beer, you know. So it seems like Caleb's, like, up for staying up for a few hours. And then he shoots the dog and says, well, I'm going to bed. It's like, Caleb is up to something. <laughs> Caleb is a terrible person. He is. <laughs> I mean, we, we've known this. <laughs> My thoughts on Caleb, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that he witnessed Norman go nuts. Oh yeah, in the in his in hotel room. room. Is there? Do you think anything's tied to that? I don't know. Because he seems only interested in Dylan, but that was some weird crap Norman pulled on him <laughs> last season. It is. Okay, I'm gonna get into my theory now. Okay. I think Chick and Caleb know each other. Oh. And I think they've got some scheme. Cause. Really? Yeah, I do. Cause. Caleb says later on, when they're going to Chick's house, that wasn't his dog, you know? 
how would Caleb know that? Because then Chick's like, I don't have a dog. I just think, like, my mind is just like, maybe Caleb never left and has been kind of hiding out these last couple months and met Chick. I, I Oh, so they just met. They don't, like, go back. Yet. Maybe they do. I don't know. I, I think they know each other, and I think they're trying to scam Dylan somehow. I think I think Caleb's trying to get into his good graces. I don't know. It's just kind of a theory. I'm, I, I just, I think they know each other, and I think that explains. I think Chick doesn't like Caleb, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of, it makes sense to me the way Chick was talking, like, shut up, Caleb, I'm talking to Dylan, you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like when they're talking in Chick's garage and and he's looking at Caleb but always saying Dylan, it's like he's saying with his eyes to Caleb, "Shut up, you're going to ruin this for us. I'm talking to Dylan." You know what I mean? Wow, that's totally different impression than I got. <laughs> but that's really interesting. <laughs> it hit me yesterday when I was typing up these notes. I was like, "Chick and Caleb know each other." <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like Chick is just one of those off the grid people that just kind of a hippie. Mm-hmm. Just well, I think he's that too, you know. Yeah, to where Caleb is very contrary to anything he, you know, harmony and just the vibe that's going on where he lives. And he, I think he, my thoughts is that he gets that he could coexist with Kate with Dylan, but this Caleb guy is bad news and. Right, and this kind of, in my theory as well, is that Chick's going to turn on Caleb, and, and like, now that he's met Dylan, he is like, I don't want to scam this guy. This guy seems like someone I could be okay. neighbors and coexist with, you know? Because in my theory, like, in my little headcanon, Caleb and Chick have been together these last couple months. I think Caleb, like, wants that money back from Dylan. I, I don't think he left. I think he stayed. And and I think he's been describing Dylan to Chick. And now that Chick's met Dylan, he's like, I would rather partner up with Dylan than Caleb. He's an idiot. You know what I mean? Right. And is tomatoes a euphemism for weed? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people, if they're growing weed, like illegally in their yard or something, they'll hide it amongst tomato plants because the leaves look kind of similar. The tomatoes are a good camouflage. Uh, I and I I don't know this from my own experience. I've just heard this. Uh-huh. That I don't. <laughs> you and all your tomato plants. <laughs> I know. It's like, do I, have you ever wondered why I grow like forty tomato plants every year? <laughs> don't anymore. <laughs> But yeah, people will, tomatoes seem to be the plant that people will grow their weed amongst because tomatoes make a good camouflage. Hmm, interesting. Yep. Um, yeah, just, this is all very interesting and I will like to see where it goes. But my first impression of, Kate, of Chick is that he would never in a million years ever think he'd ever side with a Caleb. I don't know. He just looks like the kind of guy that's shrewd and can just pick up on people right away. But we'll Yeah, see. we'll see. I mean, I could be completely just out of left field, but... I could, too. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so next, Norman, Norma is in her bathroom getting ready for bed. Norman comes in and says he needs to tell her something. You probably know that every time Norman says that to her, her heart just like blunt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He says everything is fine in his life. School and work are fine, and she needs to stop worrying about him. He tells her he is dating Emma now. He says it feels like the right time, and he needs to start laying foundation. (laughs) (laughs) So, Harold, Norman has answered all of our questions about why now. It's because he's 18, and it's time to start laying a foundation. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's like, it just goes with my theory that I think he's doing it to appear normal to people. Yeah, I do too now. Totally because of that. That is the most unsexy, unromantic thing to say <laughs> to anyone about a relationship you're in. <laughs> you know? Right. So, he okay. he was made motel manager. He's 18, and he's like, okay, now what I do is I find myself a woman. Yep. And get married and, and Emma, be normal. Emma is the logical choice. She's Emma is totally logical. Yep. So and so that's what he's doing. Laying a foundation. It's like, <laughs> wow, he makes this sound like he's building a house. This is like a <laughs> cute girlfriend. <laughs> You're starting a relationship. <laughs> but uh, he asks if she is okay with it. She says yes, and they hug. He didn't seem to want the hug to end. <laughs> he lingered if a second yep. longer. <laughs> um, and then he leaves, and Norma just stands there looking after him. Um. Do you think Norma is worried about Emma? I think she didn't look properly worried about Emma, if you ask me. I think it kind of sunk in a little bit, maybe, towards the end. Her face went through a lot of different emotions. I know! (laughs) There was definitely a happiness there, but it was fleeting. Okay, so you... I just, I feel like she didn't look properly worried. I would have expected her to hear that news and be like, you cannot date her! (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think she would have, it just seems like I would have expected her to totally fly off the handle on I Never go near Emma again! Yeah, I mean, and just the way that Vera played it, I I can't read what is going on in her mind, because I... I can see what you mean by, like, the fleeting happiness. I don't know. I just can't read it. And I think she purposely mm-hmm. made it like, we don't know how she feels about this. Yeah. I, There's definitely caution and worry, but there was other stuff, too. Yeah. it. I don't know. It could have been the motherly thing that thinks, oh, well, this one will be okay. Right. You know? I mean, it could be jealousy. It could be yeah. just uh, trepidation. Uh, I bet jealousy is totally in there. Yeah. I don't know. Good job, Vera. We, you, because the cameras here focused on your face for a long time, and I have no idea what was going on in your mind. (laughs) (laughs) All I know is she didn't look properly worried. No, she didn't, but I don't know. She's got to be, though, right? She has to be. It just wasn't enough for me. Yeah. Um, next, we see Norma and Emma in the office. Emma says it's nice how worried Norman and Norma are about the girl in room four. She says they can do their date another night, and he says no. She apologizes for telling Norma that he drove 
with the girl into town and says she doesn't tell Norma everything, like the stuff that goes on between them. Norman says he's got to go and leaves. Yeah, so if he's just laying a foundation, he doesn't seem really into it. Nope. Because, <laughs> like, while she's talking to him, she's, like, trying to hold his hand, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he seems really, like, it's repellent to him or something. I don't know. A little. Yeah. It wasn't repellent on their date. <laughs> to all of our chagrin (laughs) but But. it was just kind of awkward I don't know there's just no chemistry between these two and poor Emma she's trying and uh, he's going to be a tough one to crack Emma (laughs) he is and when you crack him watch out (laughs) (laughs) it's just so interesting to me and how well they're doing this because there could easily be chemistry between those sure. two. Mm-hmm. We've seen it, and it's it's been downright adorable at times. Mm-hmm. But it is not there. It is not there at all, and they probably have to work hard to keep it out. Probably. So it's well done, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know quite where you're going with it, but I'm watching. <laughs> um. So next we see a kind of crazy looking guy walk up to Dylan's cabin and he throws a rock to get Dylan's attention. <laughs> oh man, his outfit. Oh, his pants. And this is Opie. Every you probably detail. guessed this is Opie from Sons of Anarchy. Yes. And Opie is, I would say Opie is my very favorite character from Sons. Hmm. And now I'm just loving chick even more i'm like i'm gonna watch this actor and everything he ever does because he is amazing <laughs> he what i've seen of him that was oh, amazing oh. i was so excited when it got announced he was gonna be on the show and just this character is just gone above and beyond anything i dreamed that he could do <laughs> oh well whoever this chick guy is he is doing it <laughs> he is nailing it <laughs> And not in the Jeremy Piven nope. way. He is nailing it. <laughs> Ryan Hurst is not saying nailing it to himself with every line read the way Jeremy Piven does. Right. Himself rich. <laughs> Nailed it. He actually is nailing it. <laughs> um, he says he lives over the hill and is looking for his pet dog and asks if Dylan has seen him. And the whole time, he's kind of, like, whistling everyone's while before he even says anything. It's just so great. <laughs> it's so good. Dylan says no, and the guy says, if you do, let me know. And right then, Caleb walks out and says, if we see him, we'll drop everything and let you know. It's like, do you really have to be that big of a dick? You know? Oh, man. I mean, come on. So Caleb introduces himself and says Dylan is his son. The crazy guy says his, his name is Chick Hogan. Chick asks if they are planting tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Just the way he says it. Are you planting tomatoes? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I asked, do they, you know, in this world, do you say tomatoes? Or if you do say tomatoes and everyone knows you really mean Probably. Probably. They say yes. And corn and green beans. And Chick's like, I like green beans. <laughs> Chick says the DEA wiped out all the tomato crops, so there is lots of opportunity. 
And then he starts whistling for his dog again and walks off. Oh, so he said they wiped out the tomato crust? Mm-hmm. Oh, so that probably answered my question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. So, Twice. at his throat, I love chicken, not just because he's Opie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what a great introduction. And I, please don't let Chick die anytime soon. Please, 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 oh, please no. let him be in at least a whole season, if not more. <laughs> um, one thing I have to say about this scene is Dylan looked like he was not happy with being introduced as Caleb's son. I think he'd rather go by his uncle. Oh, yeah, huh? Ah, what a... Because Caleb is really pushing the dad thing. Yeah. And I would That's true, guess Dylan it's like, would rather... You are both his father and his uncle, and I, I would think that Dylan would prefer uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I know if because I was in that could place, easily... I would. Oh, yes. And it could, e- it'll easily come out that he and Norma are, you know, siblings. Right. That's true. Yeah, Caleb is just an idiot. And just the way he walks out, oh, no, we'll just drop everything. I mean, that's not how you treat That's not how you treat neighbors, especially one. You shot the dog. You shot his dog, and he's looking for his dog. That's what, when I was typing this up, that's when I went, it hit me. I was like, I think they know each other. But, you know, that makes some sense. Because it just... I just figured he's just a total dickhead. Or that could be it, too. That he really is just a dick. So. Because there are people like that that would walk out and be like, "Mm." There are. You know? Because he killed the dog, so there's some sort of, like, masked guilt to where you, like, mask it into just... Right. Right. Rudeness. True. I guess we can talk about it in the next time we see them, but it's just so weird. What is this? I don't have a dog. <laughs> That's why I think they came up with this little theory. Like, well, whose dog was that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm really confused. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just a stray dog that I don't. I don't know. Really strange. It okay. Is. Next, we see Norma looking into the window of Annika's Porsche. Emma comes up and suggests they look in her room. They go in and look around, and Norma finds an invitation to the Arcanum Club. Emma tells Norma it's an exclusive men's hunting club. Her dad does their taxidermy, but her dad doesn't like them very much. They leave the room, and Romero calls for Norma. He's leaving. His house is ready. He tries to pay her. She refuses, but he tells her she is going to need it because the bypass is halfway paved. She finally takes the check. They have a very awkward hug and kiss and cheek kiss. He goes to leave and she runs and stops him, tells him she always felt safe when he was there. He thanks her and leaves. Alright. First off, how did you Utah needs to hire whoever's building this bypass? <laughs> it's only been a couple months. <laughs> and our construction jobs go on for years. Yeah, we are ever-growing and ever-widening our freeways and making carpool lanes, and it just never Never stops. There's no way they're (laughs) ready to open part of this road after a few months. (laughs) They really need to come to Utah. Yep. Okay, I guess we need to talk about Emma and Norma first. Um, Not much to say, really. No, I mean, it was kind of funny when... 
Emma picks up that. Emma finds that little tickler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like to see Emma go back in her little Nancy Drew. (laughs) I know, me too. Let's go in the room. (laughs) She's like, we can go in there. (laughs) Um, And she kind of goes, she kind of waxes poetic about stuff being left. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's... uh, you could feel the movement of stuff being left out that the person's still around. And Emma's like, her Norman's just like, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she says, but it's funny. She says something about like, you could feel their energy through their stuff or something like that. You can know a lot about a person or something. <laughs> Norma's just like, Emma, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I do not want to hear this. <laughs> Emma, stop it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so sad to see Romero check out. I know. I'm kind of bummed about that, too. I loved him around. Um, okay, so <laughs> that hug. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> What's the most gloriously awkward thing oh, I've ever seen in my it life? It couldn't have been more awkward. I mean. It could not have. Every second of it. I, if I had one wish <laughs> right now... <laughs> The last couple days, if I was granted one wish, it would be to watch all of the outtakes, because I bet they did that a million times. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to watch the dailies of this. (laughs) Maybe that'll be on, like, the Blu-ray bonus features or something. That would be be awesome. That and Norman's run through the parking lot last episode. I want to see all the ways he did that. I'm going to tweet Nestor Carbonell and ask him if he has any poll <laughs> to release the daily <laughs> Oh, it was so funny because even they go in for a handshake and that's even awkward. And then it just goes from there. It oh, goes oh, from every a, step from of it. So I watched it a couple times. <laughs> so she goes for the handshake and he's going for the hug. So... He ends up hugging her, and then she tightens it and kind of, like, really embraces mm-hmm. him. And he kind of looks like, oh. And then <laughs> their faces come together, and he's ready to kiss her. Yep. Did you see that look uh-huh. on his face? He totally had kiss yep. face. And then she goes for, like, the sock. She doesn't even do the one kiss. She does the two sides. <laughs> The like the French, French greeting. <laughs> greeting. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. I mean, to, yeah, he's not at the motel, but we're gonna see a lot of Romero. Oh yeah, we are. Yep. <laughs> um. Awesome. Okay, that was awesome. Well done. <laughs> Bravo. Everybody involved in that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. <clears throat> yeah, and then that was sweet that I don't she seemed really impressed by the amount he gave her. It seemed to really touch mm-hmm. her. She kept looking at she looked at it did you notice she looked at it the amount like four right, times. Right, right. Well if he's been there for three months, it's probably a f- 
few thousand dollars. You know? Yeah. He's, you know, he's probably, he was probably properly insured and he was probably given a stipend from his insurance company for a place to live while his house was being Sure, right? sure. Yeah. So, so I would say it was probably $6,000 or more, you know? Yeah, it was probably a good figure, amount. Like and he was, I think he was really happy to give it to her. I think so too. It was really sweet, you know? It's like, you're going to need that bypass. I am not saying no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyway, and then she just has to say something, and it came from her heart, though. I felt like that she felt safe when he was Yeah, here. when I first saw it, I, I was like, oh, she's going to ask him to dinner or something. So when she said, yeah. I always felt safe when you were here, I was like, oh, that's so sweet, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think she did, and I think now she's kind of scared that he's gone. <laughs> like, don't leave yeah. me alone with my son. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, good scene. I liked it. Good scene. Um, next, we see Emma and Norman in a restaurant. She asked what was the moment he decided they should date. That was such a little... Thank you for asking that, Emma. Dating question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it just seemed like everyone... I don't know. I just love that everyone wants to talk about yep. that. just seemed so datey. Um, he says a lot of things don't make sense, but they kind of do. And he said it just seems right. Uh, she says she has a feeling she is going to see a whole different side of him now that they are dating. Yeah, Emma, you, you're you going to. <laughs> <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> he asked if she and Gunnar had sex, and she says yes. He asked if she felt bad after, and she says she felt kind of naughty, but figures that's probably how you're supposed to feel. <laughs> So my gut reaction to that was, that was terrible. I don't know. It sounded accusatory, but then it kind of turned into maybe because he was wondering if he felt the same way she does. She felt the same way he does. What was it, his asking her if she felt bad or asking if she and Gunnar had yeah. sex? Asking if it felt bad after. Yeah, I think he's just trying to figure out how you're supposed to feel or I don't know yeah it it my first gut reaction was oh my gosh I just thought that was it is kind of odd really that you would say it as did you feel bad after I like a more proper thing to ask if you're going to ask anything would be like how did it make you feel like don't put bad in it <laughs> you know <laughs> It just seemed like he was almost like shaming her a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, yeah. You know, especially in light of, he see, he was acting a little jealous when Cupcake Boy came around. Remember last season, he's like, you know, he sells marijuana. That's you right. Know, which is totally believable in what would happen. Right. But, you know, it was very interesting. And it was really inappropriate at that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe they needed to have a few more experiences together before he asked her something like that. <laughs> just... They just came right out with the conversation. <laughs> first first yeah. date. Um, she asks how he feels after, and he says sometimes it's overwhelming, like a different part of him. She says sex is complicated. She describes it as magical. It's the basis of procreation. <laughs> 
He says he wouldn't call it magical. <laughs> but if anyone has magical sex, it's you, Norman. <laughs> Something happened to you that doesn't happen to anyone else. <laughs> Um, Emma tells him that she loves his mom, but she but thinks that Norma doesn't want Norman to grow up, and it gives him a feeling that being an adult, like being sexual, is wrong. Um, he says she's doing the best she can. Emma says, "I know, but it doesn't mean you can't grow up unless you were Peter Pan." She asks if he wants to be Peter Pan, and he says, "Maybe if she'll be Wendy." She says Peter and Wendy never got to have sex, and Norma <laughs> responds with like the weirdest laugh noise. How do you even describe that? <laughs> it's, it was a... Uh, it's almost like a Homer with donuts, like the, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is actually the best description <laughs> for the noise. <laughs> it was really unnerving. <laughs> it was really... it. And I watched this episode twice, and both times I was just, oh. I, I mean, I, I made oh, the same yeah. sound watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it was unsettling, and it was creepy, and it was... Uh, yeah. It, it was almost that feeling you get, like, thinking of, like, old people having sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or your parents, or, you know, any of those <laughs> things is how it made me feel exactly yes yes and it wasn't thinking of those two having sex it was his reaction to what she said his noise yeah oh it... that made that feeling inside me <laughs> it was very oogie um... yes oogie. <laughs> so so norman says he feels overwhelmed and like it's a different part of him what is he saying here? I think he's opening up a little bit. And I think he was trying to open up a little bit, asking her if she felt bad after. It was just a horrible way to do it in a horrible time. I think he's opening up. Or he... Does he mean literally he... a different part of him, though? Here's what I'm wondering. Okay, do you think Norman in everyday life mostly feels like he's Norma? But when he has sex, that's when Norman comes out? Or do you think it's the other way around? Like, in everyday life, uh, he feels like Norman, but when he has sex, Norma comes out. Yeah, I think it's probably the second one. So was that Norma doing the uh, sound? <laughs> no. <laughs> Here's how I feel, and I feel this... You know, with movie Norman, too, it's like when you when he starts becoming sexually attracted to a woman. There's a change that comes over him that tells him it's bad and tells him no, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so then mother needs to take over to chide him about it and to tell him to really come out and tell him it's no. It's because of feelings that he starts having before he turns into normal. I would say anytime he's actually having sex, though, he's still Norman. He's Norman. Okay. I don't know. I just take him literal when he says it's a different part of him because I see him as two parts now. 
I don't know. Yeah, and so I, I don't know. I could just be reading way too much into it. I don't know. I think he's hinting towards. I think almost like Dexter knows there's a dark passenger in right. him. I think okay. Norman's getting it that there's some sort of dark passenger, whether it's his mother or not. Okay. Something's going on, and that's what he's talking about. I don't think he has any idea that Norma's inside of him, that he's turning into his okay. mother, but he knows that something is going on and something bad, and there's blackouts. But yeah, I would, I would, in Norman's mind, I think it's more a Dexter thing, a dark past. That makes sense. When you describe it in Dexter terms, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That or just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's getting interesting. I mean, it's always been interesting, yeah. but it's like amped up to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Next, Norma is driving at night. She drives up to a gate. A guy is standing there and asks who she is. She says she is Annika Johnson and shows him the invitation. He says he needs the password. Norma sits there for a minute looking at the invitation like it's going down the clue. <laughs> As to what the password is. And then tells the guy she doesn't have the password and he tells her she needs to leave. <laughs> She's like, I don't think I know. I loved how she was just like looking at it like something on this will tell me what the password is. <laughs> What is the password? (laughs) I just thought it was so great. I'm wondering if there really is a password or does this just, does this guy just know there's no way that Norma is one of the girls because of her age? (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, you got the invitation. That's what I let everyone else in. But what's the password? You have to have a password. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't even think of that, but. Beautiful and young, but probably 20 years older than the other call girls. (laughs) (laughs) He may know exactly who Annika Johnson is. That's That's what what I was thinking, too. Maybe he knows. Maybe he let Annika in last night, you know. No, I don't think this party happened last night, too. I don't know. I, I know the invitation was for that. I don't know. It could be one of those. It's a multi-night thing. I don't know. Could be. It didn't seem like she was going to the party, though, last night. It seemed like a separate thing. Maybe to meet that guy that was watching everyone have sex. Oh, that's Ted Chow from Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I didn't think about there not even being a password, but my first thought was that he knows exactly who Annika Johnson is, and so he was just, like, going through the password stuff just to see what she does for his own amusement. (laughs) But he very well could just be no password. (laughs) Still, for his own amusement. (laughs) Well, if you're going to be the guy working the gate at a thing like this, you got to be pretty savvy. You know, so it's like, all right, this woman is about 40 not a call girl. What's the password? You've got an invitation, but you need a password. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. OK, 
Okay, it's night and Dylan and Caleb are going to Chick's place. Caleb says they are going there because Chick pissed on their lot. So they are going to piss on his to set a tone. I just I missed that. Yes. Jeez, he's such a jerk. He actually said pissed on their grass. I caught that the second time. But same thing. Oh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I hate people like Caleb. <laughs> Dylan says maybe he really had a dog. Caleb says no, he probably saw the dead dog and lied to them. Suddenly, Chick is behind them, and he asks what they're doing. Dylan tells him he thinks they accidentally killed his dog. Chick says he doesn't have a dog. They go into Chick's garage and comment on how many guns he has. Chick says they shouldn't shoot guns around here. It disrupts nature. <laughs> Why does he have so many guns? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they need to respect the rules, so they respect each other. Caleb keeps piping in, but every time Chick says something, he makes it clear he's speaking only to Dylan. He keeps saying Dylan's name at the end of everything he says. He asks how many plants they have. Caleb says it's none of their business. Dylan tells him 99 plants. Chick says they remind him of two guys in a book and asks if they have any rabbits. <laughs> Caleb tells Chick they are going to do whatever they want on their own property. They can be cordial neighbors, but that is it, and they leave. Caleb's not being a cordial neighbor, but Dylan is trying to be Yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't write it all down but Caleb's like we can wave each other when we see each other but no borrowing sugar and stuff you know we can be cordial but that's it leave us alone right. type thing you know I don't know I just uh... I hate him and he almost got a new a new um well finally Lenny. a nickname <laughs> which would be Lenny but I like Lenny I way know. too much <laughs> so I think his name is Zane too <laughs> done <laughs> I think it's better than Dunkle or whatever people mm -hmm. are calling him Zane too yep but yeah this I don't know I just think they know each other and I, it, I think Chick is if my theory is right and Caleb and Chick know each other and we're somehow planning on somehow scamming Dylan, I think Chick is going, I don't like Caleb. I, I'm liking Dylan. I can work with him. So. It's, it's just so strange because much as I dislike Caleb, I don't see him as wanting to scan Dylan. I don't know why I can't get it out of my brain. Really? I, yeah. I totally do. I don't think he has any kind of fatherly feel feelings. I think he's making all that up. I don't think any part of him has any kind of fatherly love at all. I think he's a bad guy. I think he wants to get the money back. I think that was part of the plan all along to fool Dylan into thinking he's a good guy. He gave him the money back, you know. I mm -hmm. think that was – I think that was – Step one in a in a scam he's got going. Interesting. I don't have my own theory, but I don't know. I'm not sold. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I could very well be wrong. Um, it was a great scene, but we've talked about yep. it a few times, so I'm good to go on. So next we see Norma pull up to a wall, and she gets out of her car, and she's dressed in a formal. <laughs> she climbs a tree and jumps <laughs> over the wall. And sneaks up to the Arcanum Club. Lots of men are there in tuxes, just standing around and talking. Then she sees two leave <clears throat> and go to another building. She follows them and looks through the windows. And there are people in there having sex while others watch on. Yeah, mm. gross. 
Then Romero comes up to her and tells her to get out of there. She asks if he knows what is going on in there. She's like, you know what's going on in there. <laughs> I love that so much. She looks in there again. <laughs> she tells him about Annika and that she is missing. She asks him to go in and see if she's in there because she is afraid she is dead. She tells him Norman is the last one that was with her and she hasn't been seen since. He tells her she needs to leave. This is a dangerous place. And she goes. While she was driving, she sees a sign for the Lee Berman Memorial Bypass. She starts throwing construction cones at it, then grabs a big barrier thing and starts hitting the sign and yelling at it. <laughs> <laughs> then she gets in her car and hits it and knocks it over. <laughs> All while dressed in a formal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and at the beginning of the scene, her hair actually looked really mm-hmm. nice. I was like, oh, well, I yep. like this. I she like looked put like together. This. <clears throat> right. Oh, but man, her like running through the lawn and hiding behind trees and oh man. That was fantastic. <laughs> Here's the vibes I got. And this is why I'm so excited. Is it was totally it's like um I can't help but feel like we just got a taste of the Romero Norma buddy cop show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think that's exactly how it would go down? She'd be like the renegade trying to like solve the mystery and he'd be like, stop it. Yes. This is dangerous. You can't go in there. (laughs) And then he's got to put on her formal and she's got to put on his suit. (laughs) Wasn't that my idea? Like for some reason, they've got to switch places. Yes. For some reason in your head they have to He has to be the woman and she has to be It just seemed like such an eighties idea. It's not enough that it's just a female and male partners. They gotta switch roles. Well yeah, well they definitely are undercover and they all definitely have to do exactly. costumes all yes. the time. So I, I think once in a while they have to switch roles. <laughs> <laughs> so, but getting back to this actual, not our little fantasies. Um, <laughs> so, why is Romero there? What's your thoughts? Um, okay, I think most of it. Okay, I think it might tie to this. Uh, maybe trying to get the weed stuff back up. I think he's kind of telling her the truth that he's, you know, rubbing elbow. What does he say? Pressing the flesh. You know, I'd rather say rubbing elbows with, yes, (laughs) (laughs) even better (laughs) with, uh, you know, the importance of the community. Um, I think it probably has more to do with what he's trying to do, what he was trying to do last episode with Mm -hmm. Dylan. I get that idea, too. Because I don't think normally the sheriff would need to go to these parties to do that. But maybe for right. a little more <laughs> of, you know, what the sheriff does, it's probably a good idea. Whatever he has up his sleeve with that. I kind of got that idea, too. That... I don't think it involves the orgy no. stuff. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be the next guy sitting at that throne. <laughs> <laughs> or the guy... Getting watched while someone's on the throne. No. That's no not way. Romero. 
Not my no Romero. <laughs> um, I do. I think that too. I I get the feeling, like my idea is that he's probably been invited to these in the past and hasn't gone, but now he's going because he needs to get back in the good graces with the important men of the community because they're all probably mm-hmm. kind of pissed at him, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, to like. Yeah, this is okay. I know what's going on. Wink, right? But look at me. I'm okay with but it. <laughs> he also you rich people do what you rich exactly. people do. Exactly. But he also is so worried about Norma and says it's such a dangerous place. What does he mean by that? Um, I think that these men will do anything to. Uh, Basically, I think it's dangerous for her because she's been found sneaking into the party. And that just on sight, that would be something that they might kill her for. Okay. I don't know. That was, I didn't give it a lot of thought, but that's what my brain just. I don't know. Thought and carried on, but it could be more. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I've I found it interesting that he he just seemed so panicked when he saw her and so eager to get her out of there and then describes it as dangerous. It's like if this is just like a bunch of men Hunter, hunting, hunting club, club, do you think I it do, like the most I know, dangerous game? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I it's interesting. I I don't know. And part of me feels like maybe he's there kind of as a cop as well. I don't know. It's And who's this guy sitting on the throne? Is he always the one on the throne? Do they just switch places? Is he... I don't know. It's so weird. I can talk about that in the spoiler section. I'm oh, a little, okay. Because I've read some... Because he's the guy from mm-hmm. Mad Men. And so I've read a little about his introductory, you know, Mm-hmm. He's joining, the, you know, this guy from the Castle Men Men's joining Base Motel, and then it kind of describes his role a little bit. So we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. Okay. But, yeah, weird. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting on that throne there watching people have sex. <laughs> oh, that's so strange. Well, and it makes me just wonder if they are the ones that killed Annika, because maybe she was there. I don't know. Maybe they took her there the night before from the restaurant, and she's like, this isn't my thing, you know? I don't know. Or maybe part, you know, they're hunters. Yeah. Maybe part of it is that she was hunted down. I don't know. And that's part of their thing. That would be so crazy if that's where they're going. That would oh be my really gosh! Cool. And I I've, just came up with it, so this isn't something I've been thinking about. Totally on board. <laughs> now with I am. It, if that's what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so is that why Eva's dad didn't like doing the taxidermy for them? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Who well, was he taxidermy? <laughs> I I don't. I don't think he, think he was. He seemed like yeah, a really good dude. I think he knew that there was some um, sexual depravity right. going okay. on. <laughs> maybe just call. Maybe just that they had call girls would have turned right. him off. He's got you a know. daughter. 
he probably doesn't want to see that. So, okay. Yeah. Okay, so next we see Emma and Norman pull up to the house. They kiss and he stops he stops it because he doesn't want to start something they can't finish and Emma leaves. Then Norma pulls up and the front of her car is all smashed in. She tells him she knocked over the bypass sign. He asks why she's all dressed up and dirty. She says she went to a party and left. They hug and she cries. He says he is worried about her. She says, you're worried about me. He says everything's going to be fine and they go up to the house. Okay, so Emma and Norman. He seemed like he came up with an excuse to stop mm-hmm. the kiss. Because it looked like he was just going to get out. She definitely Oh yeah, him. that was her starting it. But I mean, he he came up with a good excuse. He's like, we can't just do this right in our drive in my driveway, you know, in front right. of the house. And his mom would have pulled up and just right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was odd. It'll be interesting to see. Much as I'm not on the Nema train, it's very interesting to see where it oh, goes. Oh yeah. And I'm gonna cry when it goes with ends with. Am I being stuffed? But <laughs> it'll be a fun yep. ride. <laughs> I'm on board with it. Oh, and then Norma, she was so funny. Just kind of, it's so funny how she just lets her guard down in front of Norman and just this is what happened. <laughs> I... <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> I know, and it's just so. In this whole Attica disappearance thing. She's the one that's just unraveling over it, and Norman is just like, "I'm worried about you." <laughs> you <know? laughs> yep. Well, that's so par for the course. He has no idea. She knows it was him, right? You know? And he has no—he honestly has no idea. Right. That's how it's been with Miss Watson and with his father. So to her, it's just—you know—again, we're doing this again. Oh, we didn't talk about. Norma telling Sheriff Romero that oh. just spilling it. That was that crazy. was yeah. Um, and her also telling Norman when she gets back in the car after talking to the people at the restaurant, like I don't know how much longer I can do this. You know, I mean, I I think I think it was Harold that mentioned. I think Harold's right that she is kind of taken Dylan's advice. I mean, Dylan is like, he should be in an institution, you know? Yeah, and you know, I think it's our first real clue as to where this goes and that she pulls Romero into her Mm -hmm. side and maybe Norman, you know, and this is going to be in a few seasons, uh, that's one of his things is that those two are kind of plotting against, against him. him. Right. Right. That makes perfect sense. Cause it is interesting that she just seems to be done with all the secrets, you know, everything uh-huh. was such a secret between the two of them. The first couple seasons, the first two seasons, the Keith summer stuff, the Blair Watson stuff. And now I think she just feels like she can't do this alone anymore, and I think she really trusts Romero to uh, be on her side and help her. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, she's been interesting in the past that way, thinking 
you know, it comes to mind the city council meeting that she just thinks she can go in there and be like, well, I don't want the bypass yep. to happen. <laughs> and they're all like, uh, just because it hurts your business? Yep, next. yep. You know, she just kind of is delusional a little bit. but Yeah, I think she just is seeing it as... Norman is becoming something that she can't control. And she's finally yeah, realizing and, that. Like, Well, with the father, it was pretty... Um, I don't know if... Exhilarating is not the right word. It was um, liberating. Because he was horrible to her. He was abusive. physically abusive with her. And Norman killed him while he was pulling her hair and right being abusive actively abusive and she got an insurance check she was able to move and start a new life and so it was it was empowering and it was you know it was a little disturbing but it it was a good thing all around and then Blair Watson changed things I mean she wasn't totally innocent she was seducing young boys as a teacher of their high school but still, she wasn't an abusive husband. Right. She probably, you know, that it was different and it was scary. And, you know, and then he kind of, I know, was dismissed and everything, but he did kill Cody's right. father. But again, that was another abusive situation where, you know. Exactly. But it's like, okay, now we've got this girl. It's just. Right. Too much. Yeah, that's why I think I think it's going to build up. I think Norma's um, fear that Norman killed Annika is going to build for a few episodes. And then I think we're going to find out that they're going to somehow prove it that someone else did it. And that's going to. Norma is going to like breathe a sigh of relief and go, oh, I guess. I jumped the gun a little bit. Maybe my son isn't going around killing everybody that that dies in this town, you know? I think she's going to let her guard down a little bit. And then it's just going to get crazier. Yeah, I think if we're going to have any sort of um, Norma Romero situation, Mm -hmm. which, okay, so people are calling them no Mm -hmm. Romero, and I have an issue with that. One, because it's not a word. (laughs) And two, because it's her first name and his last name. His name's Alex. So I combined their two names and came up with rates. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's, you either have to do their two, both their first names or both their last names. (laughs) And I found a word, rates. (laughs) It's not very sexy, but it's a word. Well, it's better than (laughs) Bomero. <laughs> rates or uh, Nalex. Yep, I'm going with rates. I like it. Okay. <laughs> yes, mother's official. What are they called? Portmandos. 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 <laughs> yes. Is a uh, is rates. Is rates. It, it goes with the hotel. I, I like it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um. Where was I going? <laughs> oh, 
Like, you think that um, Romero and Norma's thing together is... Okay, yes. So, in light of having someone else be the killer or Norman, if they want any sort of relationship, I think, if they want rates to happen, and it sounds like the show does, I think it has to be, like, irrefutably not Norman. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I don't think we're ready yet in their relationship. Maybe next season they could handle a death caused by right. Norman. But right now it just couldn't I happen. don't think so because... His, his cop he persona, no matter how he feels about right. her, his sheriffness is just never going to get beyond that right, right now. Right, So I think if it just makes a lot of sense now that if it's someone else then rates could happen. Yeah, because we've talked about it before. Romero can turn his cheek on the pot stuff happening. But I think when it comes to murder, his sheriff persona comes first. Yeah, and he he proved that last season with the Blair Watson stuff. He was obviously feeling tender towards Norma then. Right. You know, I just rewatched it. There's amazing little hints and clues and eye looks and everything and he had he still turned into sheriff romero and he needed to do Mm -hmm. that thing to prove that either norma did it or not he couldn't let it go no matter how he felt so he's still gonna be there so yeah that's how i'm feeling about it yep but i i love that norma did tell him she's because he's the only one that she can tell probably besides Dylan, you know. Oh, I you know. love that she told him. I love it so much. I do too. It shows for what it means about everything about Well, it the shows show. that she just trusts him too. And that's a yeah. good foundation for a relationship. That scared of Norman and she's that willing to go there mm-hmm. right now. I was shocked she was willing to go there right now, but she is. And that's amazing. And that's so interesting It is. The story it is. Yeah. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. I know. Going. This was I'm so such thrilled. a great episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Final scene is at the pond. We hear a dog barking and the camera pans to the dog and we see a body floating face down wearing just a slip and she appears to be chained to a tree. Oh, really? I, I saw a that. chain. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That doesn't sound like Norma either, uh-uh. does it? But I don't know if that was just a prop or if she really was chained, but there is what a if- chain. What if she died in some sort of, like, freaky sex play Well, because she's wearing a slip, so her dress was yeah. off, you know. I don't know. Well, it looked like kind of a rusty She, game. too, she seemed, she seemed like such a professional. I don't think she would have, like, stopped to have sex with Norman or something. I don't think so either. If, if people are thinking that they had sex, I just don't think she would have, because that's like giving a freebie and wouldn't. You know, right. wouldn't a professional? She was weirdly opening up to him, but she was out on a call. Right. She was going to meet a John. So, yeah. So many. I know. I really think she anyway. was opening up to him just, just for the shock value to, you know, because mm-hmm. he's obviously a, she probably thinks he's a virgin and stuff. And I don't know. Yeah. That some people get yeah, off on that. Exactly. But I don't think she would have stopped and had sex with him because she does that for a living. Why would she give it away for free? 
you know. Right. So, yeah. I don't know, but there is a chain on the tree. It doesn't show that the chain is, like, around her either, but when I saw the chain, I was like, is she hooked up to that? Is that, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, that makes me think that she might have died on accident. Sex play accident. Possibly. It's kind of a rusty chain, it looked like. I don't know. But. Well, it could easily have been, like, this. I don't know his name right now, but the Ted Shaw guy. Yeah, I mean, we've seen just glimpses of this Arcanum Club. Who knows what they're up to, you know? Yep. Who knows? The sky is the limit. Yep. <laughs> and I'm thinking they're into something a lot more kinky that she's ever been used, you know, and she was like, no, 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 you know, I didn't sign mm-hmm. up for this, and they killed her or something. I don't know. Yep, or they meant to yep. all along because they're hunters. Yep, oh. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. By virtue of the Norma Romero stuff, it's like a 10 to me. And then you add everything else, and I just can't not give it a 10. This was top rate Mm -hmm. to me. It moved the plot forward. It was interesting. Every scene was interesting to me. Mm -hmm. It introduced really interesting concepts and characters and they all nailed it. It's classic go down in history Norma moments. Yep. And to the icing on the cherry was that freaking awkward hug kiss. I love that so much. I can't even. (laughs) (laughs) I can't state enough how much I love that. So I give it 10 out of 10. French greetings. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm giving it nine and a half just because I don't know. I can't I can't do ten out of ten. But if I could, it's this episode so far. I yeah, I can. I can for do all the reasons you gave. Just new concepts, new characters, and just intriguing and like. Like Harold said, even the marijuana stuff's not boring anymore. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just all, every scene. Oh, Chick, totally. Oh, Chick is amazing. And if, if he dies in the next couple seasons, or episodes, I'm going to be really pissed. I don't, he's got to go on. We've got to get to know this guy. So, Sons of Iron agrees over. So, does he have a different job? Do you think he could possibly stay for a while? Oh, absolutely. I mean, because he, he wasn't even in the last season or two of Sons. So, oh, okay. So yeah, he's he's been done with sons for a while. Um, so sure, I don't I don't see why unless he's doing something else. Um, no reason to me that he can't just live in White Pine Bay for the rest of the series to me. <laughs> so <laughs> stay, stay forever, forever please. Chick. I love you stay so much. Forever. I love Opie, and now I'm loving Chick even more. And I've only seen like three <laughs> scenes with him. <laughs> Or even just two. Um, So I'm giving it nine and a half out of ten tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you have a what the bip? Yeah, the that wasn't my dog. I am just what the bip out. That's a good one. A close second is Ted Shaw watching on his throne, but. That, you can just, there's people like that. <laughs> right, right. 
but the what the bip, I'm just absolutely what the crap is going on with him not having a dog. That just confuses the bip at That's me. That's a good one. My my what the bip is Norman's reaction when Emma said Peter Pan and when he didn't have sex. Cause <laughs> nothing nothing in the episode unnerved me like that did. Yeah, I I hear the, you there. The dog thing confused me too, but I put it, I made it up in my head and made it make sense to me. Um, <laughs> but man, his just uh, that reaction just like uh, freaked me out. Yeah, it was it was not cool. No, <laughs> it's like what the pimp Norman. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I've already, because I have a couple of predictions written down, but I've already done it, that Chick and Caleb know each other, and that someone in the Arcanum Club killed Annika, and I think Emma is going to be Norman's kill this season. Because I know he's going to kill someone, uh, and I think it's going to be Emma. Yeah. She's just coming on a little bit too strong. Totally is. You know, totally and that's going to be her undoing. So she's going to be the first one in that big chest freezer that Norma gets him for his basement for his cell. Yes, that the uh the hints towards that, you know, we're screaming towards that getting the freezer down here. Cuz he even said a, no one yeah, missed that. He even said a big one and she's like, "Fine." And I'm like, "Oh, Norma, you're going to be in that freezer." Yes. <laughs> oh. I just actually visualized it. I'm sad. (laughs) 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 All right. What a fun one to talk about. Oh, man, that was amazing. I just want to watch the next one right now. I know. This isn't like Buffy where I can just watch the next one. (laughs) I know. Wait, like five days. Yeah, and hey, um, for everyone that's still here that's just Bates people and not Buffy people, we, uh, if you miss, if you don't go to our next section, our next podcast that comes out because you're not a Buffy person, I just wanted to let you know that we talk about our other what we've been watching stuff. So if you feel like you're going to be missing out on that, we do that first. Yep. So you could always download that podcast and listen and then just stop it when we start talking about the Buffy episode, which is actually an Angel episode this time. Yep. So you can still catch the what we've been watching stuff. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to share that. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll do a mini spoiler section. This is really mini. All I have is a little background about the the Ted guy. Okay. Throny McThronington. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. So uh, thanks everybody for joining us. We hope to see you next time and I hope that the audio is better this time. I'm trying. Yes. (laughs) We think we pinpointed what the problem was last episode and so we've taken steps to fix it. Hopefully those steps prove to be correct. Yes. Emily thinks she has it figured out, so let's hope she's right. So, but yeah, thanks for joining us. And until next time, chill your own ass. It's not weird.
I've decided right. to add that at the end too. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so this Ted guy, mm-hmm. this guy is a childhood friend of Romero that is estranged. They don't get along anymore. Oh. And he's very, very rich. <laughs> Maybe I could pull up the article to make me sound a little So kind of like Keith Summers <laughs> without being rich. Yeah. Ah. I don't know what it is about ra- being raised in this town. Romero possibly escaped it, but got some weirdness going on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's here's what it says. He's going to play the role of Bob Paris. This is a character whose presence was teased long ago. He's popular, wealthy, and extremely confident, and he also owns a hunting club for those who have truly mastered the skill. He has a history of Romero, but not all of it is great. Rome will reoccur throughout the third season, and this continues a trend of the show snagging notable people from other shows for guest spots. So, okay. That one is a different article that I read, but basically the, the other article said that they were childhood friends. I think friends, they use that term. Okay. So, Something well, like when that. they say that his presence has been teased in the show before, what do they, has it? Yeah, that's really strange. That's a new Yeah. One. Does Romero talk about him when he talks about being childhood friends with Keith Summers? Did he, does he say, like, me, Keith, and what's his name? Bob? Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Okay, here we... I found another article. It says, His character, Bob Paris, is a childhood friend of Sheriff Alex Romero, although their relationship has long been strained. I wonder what made it strained. His... I mean, he's obviously... Fondness for... Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, yeah. Because I just, I don't get any of those kind of vibes from Romero. I wonder if it's something like he's keeping a secret, like he witnessed Bob doing something when they were kids, and you know what I mean? Like, It could have to do with our human hunting club, which we've (laughs) now established. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. We're now theorized. Well, it just makes it more interesting that they have a a history together, so I like it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've got the title to the next episode and a little blurb. Just a two oh, sentences. Cool. Um, I haven't even looked. So the next episode is going to be called Persuasion. And the okay. little two sentence blurb is Norman's relationship with Emma weakens his bond with Norma. And Romero asks Norman some hard questions. Okay. So he takes what Norma said to heart. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> That's interesting that Norman's relationship with Emma weakens his bond with Norma. Jealousy. I'm thinking the jealousy is going to come into play. I can't wait to watch it. Again, I. Yay. (laughs) Well. Persuasion, huh? Like the Jane Austen novel? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I wonder how that word's going to come into play with the title, you know, Uh, with the episode. Be interesting to see. Maybe Emma persuades. Oh, I bet. Norman in I bet you that's what it is. I bet you that's how it comes into play. Yeah. So, right on. Well. Cool. Well, that's, that's it for spoilers. I guess it's been our mini spoiler section. Yep. So, all right. We will talk to you next time, next week.